KTAE AM, Elgin, K270CO, Round Rock. Callahan's General Store has all the tips, supplies, fertilizer, and seed you need to ensure your lawn will be in great shape come next spring. Online at Callahan'sGeneralStore.com. Make it a Callahan's day. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit VaqueroscAfe.com. playing slow so we're playing through hosted by bob Ballou and carl nicholson brought to you by horseshoe bay resort play the famous texas triangle championship golf at its finest horseshoe bay resort good saturday morning to you austin texas and welcome inside another edition of playing through brought to you by horseshoe bay resort right here on the horn i'm bob Ballou. hey good morning i am carl nicholson bob great to be with you austin texas great to be talking golf with you Right in the thick of it, right? We just cleared a major. We, we, we had it. We had a fantastic major. We talked about a lot about it last week, but it is the heart of the heart of the heart of golf season, and it's a, it's a good place to be, right? It's a great place to be. Seventy-five um, percent of the way through the majors this year, we've got. Uh, if, if you had said before the year who's going to win a major, I think, you know, Rom and Kepka would have been definitely been picks that people would have made. Um, I don't know that Wyndham Clark would have, but if you, you know, it is interesting. I, I, I try sometimes when, the, when all this happens to go back and kind of look through, um, either what did I miss or what do I like when I'm making picks for this kind of stuff, what do, what do I look at? Um, and so I kind of wanted to run through this with Wyndham Clark cause I thought it was really interesting. And this is sometimes, you know, I think people, People will go about their picks in much different ways. Everybody goes about things in a different way. Um, I try to look at recent play and what they've done in majors. So obviously what they've done in majors would have eliminated Wyndham Clark. Um, right. he, he, he's not been successful. But but that said, if you go back to the Valspar, which was mid-March, these are Wyndham Clark's finishes. Like It's almost like we could have seen this coming. He finished 5th, right. 6th. Tied for 29th, third, tied for 24th, first, tied for 12th, first. Now, he did miss the cut at the PGA Championship. That was his only missed cut in that span. Um, but there were signs that this is what we were going to get out of Wyndham Clark. Maybe not winning it, but signs that he had really taken that step as um, a guy, not just that inserts himself in the conversation, but that can actually win a major. And, and, and it's kind of fun to go back and look through those type of things when you're making your picks or you're doing whatever, it's like, why did I pick this person? Why didn't I pick this person? And um, some of the ones at the top of the leaderboard, I think were very obvious picks, but then there were guys that you were like, I I didn't see this coming. And I think Wyndham Clark certainly fits in that category. It was a great story. Uh, I think Carl and I are going to have a good debate here in just a few minutes. When I say some of the things I'm going to say about the U S open. But I do, uh, I do think it was really cool to see Wyndham Clark bring home this W for as many people as we're rooting for Rory or Scotty or Ricky, uh, Ricky Fowler to see Wyndham win. It was pretty cool. It was extremely cool. You know, I mean, all of these guys are on their own different journeys. I mean, I I still feel like we're undereducated sometimes under, you know, we're just, 
the stories of these guys get undercommunicated a little bit. I know the tour does a good job. They've got weekly programming and they try to they try to take you where these guys live. And if you look at Wyndham Clark, a guy that's dedicated, you know, his game, his mental game, re- re- really uh, the one maybe one if you watched a lot of PGA Tour, you you might have known that Wyndham Clark was a guy that used to get heated on the golf course, might slam a club, might might let an expletive out. Um, you can tell through the way he comported himself during the U.S. Open that he's done a lot of work on his mental game. I think that was clear. I mean, he and Ricky Fowler are almost mirror images of guys just sort of, you know, whistling through the flowers as as they went through you know, what is typically one of the toughest challenges uh, in Gaul. Um, the, the course wasn't necessarily that uh, last week, but, uh, you know, you can tell that he's, he's a bit of a change man, a bit, a bit of a guy that's put everything together from his his equipment to his approach to his golf swing to, to, to the middle game. So, I mean, when you see guys doing everything they can and then getting getting something out of it, how can you not root for that? I mean, yeah, if you if you you bet chalk, if you bet a Scotty Scheffler or Cam Smith or a Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, yeah, maybe you can have bitter feelings. You didn't, you know, put a few extra dollars in your pocket, but I think you can only feel good about a Wyndham Clark victory, right? And 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 you know, be hopeful that he can, you know, be a noisemaker, be be a Ryder Cup, Presidents Cup type guy, and just sort of, you know, go where his talents take him. I always like to see that. I mean, because it, it it can't be the same six to eight guys. I mean, there's gotta be a Wyndham Clark. There's gotta be a guy that comes along that, you know, is the Webb Simpson of this generation, you know, the, whoever you want to, however far back you want to take it, you know, there's been, there's been guys, there's been, there's been Jerry Kelly's, there's been BJ Singh's. You just never, you never know how far these guys are going to take their talent, but he, he looked pretty freaking good at LA country club last week. Yeah. He really did. As you pointed out, he's been, he's been a top 10 machine all year. He's really righted the ship. He's really become, one of the forces on the tour quietly, but now very emphatically. I, I think it's really interesting if, you know, if I, I was reading one of the stories about how, you know, Wyndham Clark's walking on the golf course and people are all cheering for Ricky. And somebody said, it's like, we don't like you yet, Wyndham. We don't know your story. And it was almost <laughs> like this, like, that's like the perfect way to put this. Like everybody's rooting for Ricky Fowler because, he was so good and then dry and lost it. And and this was him coming back. They're rooting for Scotty Scheffler because they know how good he is and, and what he's doing on tour is, is phenomenal. Um, they were, did, did, for, did you make that up or did someone, is that actually someone's taunt from the, from the gallery? It was actually a taunt. It was in the uh, Yahoo sports article that Jeff Eisenberg wrote. He said, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. He said, um, uh, there were people in this, you know, you got this, let's go, Ricky, you're more handsome, you know, people saying stuff so like that. And he said, one middle-aged heckler finally addressed Clark and didn't hold back. Sorry, Wyndham, we don't really care about you, he shouted at Clark. We don't know your story yet. But that's just the perfect... Have you ever more nuanced trash talk in the history of sports? Right. I mean, props to LA for, for really kind of putting the uh, the layers to the uh, taunts there from the... I, I, think it's, I, I think it's funny because it's true. Like, that's it's just the perfect, it's not even a taunt. It's just like, we, we don't know who you are, so we're not going to root for you. And it's kind of the perfect way to describe a fan that, that probably follows golf. That, that a writer for the know. Simpsons who said that that's, that's so nuanced. I love it. Like if nobody was really rooting hard for Min Woo Lee, nobody was really rooting hard for Austin Eckroat. Nobody's really rooting hard for, you know, some of Nick Hardy, like some of the guys that were still kind of like hanging around there, 
you didn't see them getting all the attention because they're not, we don't know their story. Now, but now back to his story real quick. I, I did, you know, you mentioned how, how Wyndham was, uh, had an attitude, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and he even spoke to when his mom died back in August of 2013, 10 years ago. Um, he was like, I was fine on the course, but off the course, I was breaking clubs. I was doing all those things. And so to see someone mature that way, we all go through things. This is where, you know, Carl, I could get into a big cancel culture conversation with this because right. um, if we had seen Wyndham Clark breaking clubs and doing all these things, that's what we probably would have remembered of him. And that's what right. we would have associated with him. And that's not really fair. We don't know what people are going through off the course. Um, we don't know what people are dealing with in their personal lives. And so uh, to, to see the maturity of something like that grow in him, I thought the, I thought one of the really cool moments too was uh, when, when he walked off the course with the trophy, when they had the presentation, he was walking back toward the media room and Ricky Fowler was standing there and the two of them interacted. And it was, it was something brief. And Ricky just said, that's pretty nice. And Wyndham kind of looked at it and he said, yeah, it is. And, and Ricky said, way to go. He said, thanks. You know, Ricky handled this really well. And I'll get to Ricky in a minute, but, but what I wanted to say about Wyndham real quick was because I don't want to lose this, this thought. Uh, on Saturday, we were having this conversation and he had kind of moved into the, into the position to win. And I, I texted a buddy of mine and I said, a couple of buddies of mine, and I said, I could see Wyndham Clark winning this on Sunday because of how cocky he is playing that doesn't mean he's cocky but one of the things was um his mental coach told him think of your goals and get cocky and go show them who you are and I don't know of a better way to approach golf than to be cocky and not tentative and um he said I I was it was like 100 plus times on Sunday I reminded myself of those goals I thought that was really cool because again we didn't know his story and if you watched him play, you felt, you felt the, I, I don't even want to say cockiness because I feel like that has a negative tone, but it doesn't really. I mean, it, you felt his cockiness, you felt his confidence, you felt everything about him being like, I'm going to win this tournament. And it's not that the other guys weren't trying to, or Rory, you know, and Ricky faded on Sunday. It's not that they weren't trying to do that, but there was something I thought different and I thought special about uh, Wyndham Clark's approach to his Sunday round. I think it really did show, and it, it's. I would assume that that mental coach and Wyndham Clark knew this, but everybody who's ever been a legend in the game will tell you the same thing. There's a lot of things you have to do conservatively in golf. You have to hit fairways. You have to hit greens. But there are times, given the course setups and given the moment and how good the rest of the talent is out there, you have to take chances. Great champions take chances. I mean, I, I remember the times getting to sit down with Jack Nicholas, and he's like, yeah, it, it was, that's absolutely part of it. You have to believe that you can pull off shots that almost look impossible. To 99% of golfers will look impossible, but you have to believe that you have that shot. And the times that you pull, pull it off, it, you know, it might lead to greatness. It might lead to glory. And that's exactly uh, the opportunity Wyndham Clark had. Yeah, I mean, there were certainly... You know, you, you you might call it bailout or you just might, this is a classic design that gives the, the members of LA Country Club room to hit off the tee. And that's not what we're used to seeing at uh, US Opens, but he certainly took advantage of that with his length, with his ability to take angles. And as you pointed out, really his fearlessness, that cockiness when he needed to be cocky uh, is an advantage in major championships. You watch any major championships, the, the, the guy who wins, the guy who gets himself into position is going to take serious danger chances. He's going to throw into triple coverage, if you will, a lot of times 
but he's but the guy that pulls it off whether that's luck or you know cockiness bravado or freaking skill or the combination of all those things that's who wins it it 100 percent is and it was uh, a well-deserving champion. Uh, I thought. I thought what he what he did to get there was was as special as as uh, what we've seen in a while. Now, I, I do want to talk Ricky Fowler. I think. I think it maybe our maybe our second segment will be best best left to our thoughts on the U.S. Open itself. Maybe we just talk sure. a little talk a little players here, because um, I've got a I've got some thoughts, um, as you might imagine, Carl. Um, I thought Ricky Ricky Fowler handled everything about as well as you could ask of him. Um, it was, it was number one, wonderful to see him playing that way again. I, I think for so long, we have, we have hoped he could find that on a consistent level. Obviously he'll have moments where he'll, he'll sneak up a leaderboard, but, but to find the, the consistency, those first three days to shoot a 62, um, to really be in command of his game for the first time in a while, I, I thought was really, was really unique, uh, was really special just because of where he's been. I thought the way he handled everything was even better. I, I think to see him, to see him go, you know, he went to the podium after it was over and day one million people in there, day two and three million people in there. He's on top of the leaderboard day four. Everybody's following Wyndham Clark around trying to get a, a quote with him, whether wherever he is. And, and Ricky goes to the podium and there's nobody there or maybe a couple guys. And he said, where is everyone? You know, just kind of joking about it. Um, the positivity he took out of the week. Um, and this is golf. I mean, you, you know, as well as anybody, this is, this was Ricky's quote after the round. I just didn't have it today. Iron play was very below average and I didn't make any putts. That's a big thing in majors, especially on a Sunday, making putts, keeping it fairly stress-free. I was kind of the opposite. I was fighting through it all day. Golf, like in every sense of the word golf. Um, he didn't fight it at all on Thursday when he shot 62. It was it right. came easy. And I don't know that it's something where you look at it and say, boy, he really needed to overcome that. Or he really, like, I look at it more as, wow, like this was really special. This was a, you know, I think in some ways it could be a turning point for him knowing like I can do this again. This is something that I am, I am very capable of doing now. And, um, I just thought it was all in all a great week and it was really good to see the way he was able to overcome his final round. Um, the way, the way he acted after his final round was okay. I had a good week. Yeah. I'm bummed out. I didn't win, but like I had a good week. This is a positive step and we're going to, we're going to make it just that make it a real positive step in my, in my career. What were your thoughts on him? I think exactly that. I, I hope Ricky Fowler does take as much positivity and hope and excitement from his week as we did as fans, because he, he showed us, you know, how far he's come, you know, it, certainly it showed us who he used to be 10, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago, nine years ago, uh, the caliber of player he was at his peak. And he see, certainly seems to be back to that. Everything you said about Wyndham Clark, being cool, making good decisions, the, you know, the U S open really not looking that hard to him, you know, six footers are going center cut right in the hole at the perfect speed. It was just like the, there wasn't any stress to Ricky Fowler's first, you know, 60 holes in this event. Right. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the 75 creeped up, but it was just little things. It was just being a little off with the irons, 
you know, the putts not falling the same way. There being a little bit more firmness and trickle to the greens, which made it hard on everybody. It just wasn't you know, everything it needed to be for for Ricky uh, this week to to uh, hoist his first major championship, which a lot of people are talking about. But everything you said is true. The way he comports himself, how you can feel really good about him as a guy, and and if he does get back to those levels where he's winning, winning multiple times a week, he's a factor on Ryder Cup teams, President Cup's teams. He does find a way to get in contention or or win, win a future major. You have to feel good about that. You know, I, I go, you know, I, I didn't want to even acknowledge something unfortunate about it, but I think Skip Bayless, who I don't really give a lot of credence to, and I couldn't tell you the name of the show or what his platforms are anymore. I, it, it's just a lot of noise and it's it's an, it's an unfortunate part of what we do and how we, how we take in our, our sports information. But I think he tripled down on why is this guy a star in the first place? What's the what's the deal with you know everybody fawning over this guy? Is it his clothes? Is it his looks? Like no one, it's his play, and it's two. It's exactly what you saw: the class he exudes, the quiet confidence, the charisma, and just the the good heartedness that you see. If you can't root for that guy, you're defective. If you can't, if you don't wish that guy to be a star of this game, go go. Go watch highlight. I, Go I, kick I, I rocks. Don't tell you, man. Go kick rocks. That's always kick rocks. Seriously, I think that was yeah, a Charlie yeah. Strong. Find another. You know, get, get, find a fascination with cricket or something else, but stay the heck out of golf. Listen, uh, I, I think, I think to that point, I think it's an interesting point. But I, but I, to answer Skip's question, I think is an interesting one too. Because why are people infatuated with Ricky Fowler for a lot of reasons? I think number one, he has twelve top tens in majors, which is a, that's a ton. He's always he's right there. He's come close to winning. This is like saying, well, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Well, Dan Marino is a superstar. Right. So, like, just because you haven't won a major, that, that doesn't make you, like, any less of a golfer. Um, I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is he was very relatable early on in his career. Uh, right. He was on, you know, SB2K or SB Spring Break 2016, Spring Break 2017 with Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and Smiley Kaufman. And they were having fun. He was, a part, he was a part of the golf boys with right. Hunter, Hunter Mahan, Ben Crane, they did the songs. Like he was, he really put himself out there as a, as an entertainer, as well as a golfer. And I think when you start your career that way, people fall in love with you quickly. And then, right. then it relates back to you because we all fail. We yeah. all fail. And we are all trying to climb that mountain. And Ricky Fowler failed and he's trying to climb back up the mountain. And that's why people love him. That's why he's relatable. Because like you said, he's classy. But he also has that side of him that everybody's like, man, I've been there, I failed, but I want to, I want to root for him because I want him to get back there. Absolutely, and I think I think to your point, people forget 10, 15 years ago, um, people weren't falling out of trees, booking tee times, and and making golf the successful industry that it is right now post pandemic. I mean, there were desperate, desperate grow the game initiatives going on. I mean, I remember interviewing Lexi Thompson. I'm like. What's the last? She, it was it was for Red Bull. She was appearing for Red Bull at a Top Golf, and I'm like, "What's the last thing you did before this one?" She goes, "Ricky Fowler and I went to Possum Kingdom Lake, uh, and we jumped off cliffs together. Or Ricky jumped off a cliff, and I found a way to just sort of parasail or something." I, I'm like, "These are professional golfers. I mean, they're basically having to do roads roadside stunts to get people interested in the game, and that's who that guy was." One, did he have the charisma? Did he have the looks? Did he have the marketability to do that? Yes, but and, and somebody was smart enough to seize on that. 
but he was willing to do it. He was willing to take a little focus off of, of developing his game. And like you said, he didn't have to put on makeup and the clothes and the fur or whatever. I can't remember what his outfit was when he was a golf boy, but uh, you know, shirtless, I'm sure. But, you know, nobody has to do that stuff. But I, I think people forget the the phase and time that he came in and why he was seized on. I don't think he chose it. He didn't want to be a glamour boy of golf. I think golf chose him. The, 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 the industry chose him to say, hey, freaking save us. We're losing, we're losing golf courses. We're losing market share. We're losing TV ratings. You know, so <laughs> you can't really have it both ways. We, right. we, you know, the industry needed Ricky Fowler in a way. Now, did they play it perfectly? Who knows? Let's, let's not even debate that. It's whatever. But um, if you can't feel good about it being back, then, then you know, find something else to focus on. Because that, that was really, it brought a lot of excitement to this U.S. Open. Whatever you want to say about the golf course, uh, whatever you want to say about Rory McIlroy and how, how he maybe should have won this tournament by four or five shots easily. Uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler and his putter, what, whatever. I mean, you 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 can point to the negativity, but Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark brought something uh, that may, reminds us why we love the game, why we love competition, why we're in awe of these players and the journey they go on to 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 get to get themselves ready for these events, to peak these four times a year. It was on full display, and I that 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 much I really loved about last week at the U.S. Open. I agree. I totally agree. All right. We're going to, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got much more on, on these guys on, on some thoughts on Rory McIlroy and his weekend, as well as, um, as just some thoughts on the, on the U S open in general at Los Angeles country club. That's coming up. This is playing through on the horn brought to you by Horseshoe Bay resort. Carl, I love, I kind of love sometimes scrolling through um, what they have going on out at, out at Horseshoe Bay for the kids. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd really want, like for us to take a, a weekend to get out there and uh, and let our kids get out there sand bottle art painting sun catchers you've got jungle kids club uh happy hour putting you can take your kids over to the to the 18 hole uh part three i mean the uh yeah white water putt putt course snow cones exotic birds night squawk waterfront beach property complimentary s'mores this goes on and on and it's every weekend out at horseshoe bay it's an awesome time to take your kids out there yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah, they really, really dial in the the, the kids programming from all, all, the, all the stuff out on the water to like you say, even if they don't get on the water, they, they're doing sandcastles, they're doing art. The kids club is phenomenal. It's not just a place to to drop your kids so you can go on a nice dinner or go play golf. It's It's really, they really care about everybody's experience out there, young and old. Um, and it's just it's a, it's really a special time. They want you to walk away feeling like you're building memories, not just like you booked a hotel stay, you know, for convenience or just just to get it. They've you know it's it's a truly if you haven't been to Horseshoe Bay, you have to experience it. You have to, you have to get out on the water, get near the water, and just sort of take in that whole unique environment that's out there. I mean, there's just the granite outcroppings. They've made the whole grounds tropical for whatever reason. It just sort of belies what you expect. From the hill country then it lives up to the parts that you do expect from the hill country it's just a it's a magical time every time you go to horseshoe bay it really is we encourage you to get out there hsbresort.com hsbresort.com brian woodward and his horseshoe bay family will take care of you every time you go out all right when we come back much more on the golf world and the u.s open that's coming up this is playing through on the horn brought to you by horseshoe bay resort <laughs> 
Soccer fans, join nationally recognized commentator Glenn Davis every Monday on Soccer Matters at 7 p.m. Presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Whether you love Austin FC, the Premier League, or Liga MX, Glenn has cutting-edge interviews from around the world, strong opinions, and you, the passionate soccer fan. Soccer Matters with Glenn Davis on the horn. Presented by DaspitLawAustin.com. Soccer Matters, Mondays at 7 on the horn. Treat yourself to a weekend of golf at Horseshoe Bay Resort's three new renovated golf courses. Play the famed Slick, Apple, and Ramrock golf courses, all designed by legendary Robert Trent Jones Sr. Horseshoe Bay Resort is the ultimate golf and recreational getaway. Enjoy scenic hill country terrain, panoramic vistas of Lake LBJ, and the finest golf in North America right in our backyard at Horseshoe Bay Resort. Play all three on the Robert Trent Jones Unlimited Golf Package. On sale now at hsbresort.com. That's hsbresort.com. Exciting jewelry buying opportunity is happening right now at Diamonds Direct. Pick any jewelry item and get up to five years special interest financing or take up to $5,000 off right now. Everyone's loving this because you get to design your ring and your payment plan and take advantage of our most flexible options ever. Hurry, this amazing offer ends June 30th. Enjoy financing for up to five whole years or get our best ever sales price. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Get details, directions, and more at DiamondsDirect.com. Unapproved credit. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Hey folks, it's Bucky here. My back had me searching for the right support for years until I discovered Relax the Back, and my back could not be happier. Get something nice at Relax the Back. Up to $500 off select zero-gravity recliners and up to 1000 off select massage chairs and 20% off select office chairs. Live pain-free with Relax the Back. In B-Cave at the Hill Country Galleria across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live like the buck, pain-free at Relax the Back. If the price you see is the price you want to pay, Come see Hannah Chevrolet. I went to sign the papers for a new Tahoe and saw the price jumped almost $4,000. I thought it was a typo, but turns out it's for overpriced add-ons like tent and floor mats. So I called Hannah, got a price, brought a check, and left with the Tahoe. For a lower price made clear, find new roads at HennaChevyAustin.com. Hey, it's Aaron Hogan, homeowners. Everyone wants that lush green summer lawn. Well, to get yours, start with Callahan's General Store. And here's a tip. Among Callahan's wide selection of summer grass seeds is the Sahara Bermuda. Sahara Bermuda is a drought and heat-tolerant strain of grass bred to grow greener and thicker than common Bermuda. Now is the time to get that seed planted. And Callahan's has everything you need to get it started. Soil amendments, fertilizers, and helpful hints from their knowledgeable staff. Callahan's General Store, 501 Bastrop Highway. Between downtown and the airport, remember, make it a Callahan's day.
Another good Saturday morning to you, Austin, Texas. Welcome inside another edition of Playing Through, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort right here on the Horn. He is Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Ballou. A lot of good Wyndham Clark U.S. Open talk as well as Ricky Fowler uh, in that first segment. And I and I, before we get into uh, just some thoughts on the U.S. Open itself, I wanted to talk a little bit about Rory McIlroy because I thought um, it was an interesting Sunday for Rory and boy, you know, everybody's going to point to 14, which is fair. Um, I, 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 he said the wind kind of gusted up on him at the worst moment and he should have backed off the ball and waited till it settled down and then hit his shot because he thought it was the right club, which is fine. I, I still don't know about the drop. I'm still really confused. This is the rule on the embedded ball that uh, he gets a drop and Everybody was kind of like, oh, Patrick Reed thinks that's interesting, uh, which I thought. Outside the bunker. No, and that, that that's happened in recent time. We've seen it. We've yeah. seen several embedded balls lately, and that's that's just sort of the way the rule goes. Yeah, that's. I, I agree with yeah. you. I've, we've definitely seen it, and it's there was nothing wrong with what he did. Um, here's the thing, Carl. Um, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe this is may, – maybe I'm misinterpreting. I Obviously, Rory had a great week. Um, finished one shot back. Had, he he had a wonderful week. I didn't feel on Sunday like I like I got the sense of urgency that I wanted out of Rory McIlroy. Does that make sense? Is, is that a fair? Well, yeah, it's one. It's one of the things we talked about. If if you're going to go take a championship by force, you have to take some of those shots. Like I said, you have to be the quarterback who throws into double or triple coverage. And be okay with where where you where you spot the ball, um, and Rory, I had the same feeling at the Open Championship last year, right? Where he but did he did he make eighteen pars or essentially make eighteen pars at, at the old course when it could have been it could have been something uh, extraordinary for him, uh, and it just just wasn't, and um, you know. You, I don't know. You, I, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm wrong in the are, like. That's are we wrong to expect theatrics or, or or to want or expect theatrics from Rory? Or that, yeah, or, that's what I'm saying. Like, on the golf course, right? Yeah, like he made one birdie and one bogey. Like there was just no, um, not a criminal round of golf. But it, I mean, you, you feel like it's the way he drives the ball, the way he does everything else on the golf yes. course. Yes. The the the, the, expect, the expectations are that he should you know have you know, four or five, six on that golf course, really short birdie putts and some really extraordinary chances to do uh, some magical things. And, and we thought early when he had, a, he had, he had a chance to uh, eagle the first hole that, that maybe, that maybe that was going to be the case. And it just, I mean, Hey, shooting even part of the final round at, at the U S open is not a failure by, by any means, but when you look at Rory, you look at the opportunity of, of what it what it would have taken for him to have won by a stroke or two or three. Uh, there's some really fine lines, and you just you just feel a little blah about some of the points in his round where he could have just center cut some of these putts or you know hit some shots a little closer. Like you said, you know somebody's you're going to make a mistake or two. So the ball in the bunker was very weird. It was very badly timed. Uh, it was a time when you you really felt like that was the birdie that he was going to uh, make to make this more stressful for Wyndham Clark, and it wasn't that. And it re it really kind and it was a turning point in a way that Wyndham had a little bit of breathing room to kind of, you know, yeah, 
let, let loose a couple of you know slightly loose bogeys and and sort of maybe maybe uh, relieve some of the tension to, to get down the stretch there. But um, and and those things happen like like fourteen yeah. happens right wind right. pops up you get a ball embedded you drop you you don't hit a great shot you two putt you make six that stuff happens so I, I wasn't as it wasn't even that and like he had opportunities where he was off the green and he lipped out you know a, a seventy foot putt or chip. He had like a 60 footer on number two that barely missed. He had another one where he chipped it and it, it rimmed out of the hole. I get that he had those chances. I'm talking about taking an iron from, I mean, he hits, he's 505 yards on the par two second, the par four second, and he hits it to 168. And then he, and then he just kind of like hooks one and he's got like a 60 foot putt. Right. I think I mean more in those scenarios. Like, where's the urgency with your iron to put that shot from 168 close? It, it was a bad swing, and those things happened. There, there were times where he would he was trying to hit a cut and into holes, and you're like, "What are you doing? Just hit your draw. Just cut it off the wind and like let it." I don't know. I and again, I'm I was I was all in on this Rory thing. I thought that what he's gone through the last year and a half, the way he stood up for the tour, the way he stood right. up for what he believed in, not just the tour what he believed in it all kind of came to a head where i was like all right he's gonna win this thing he just didn't have i, I think the best way to put it he just didn't have the urgency that i thought he needed to win the golf tournament on sunday and that was honestly a little disappointing yeah and again i i hate to be the the eighty thousandth person who says maybe a lot of this is mental because we've seen him also lose with that sense of urgency right yeah i know so, uh i just feel like Rory might not realize like we can from our easy chairs and what <laughs> what a good place his uh game is right now. I mean, I think we all see it. I mean, this is a guy that might be able to spread eagle the field if not for a few things. Like, yeah, don't don't get loose with an iron, don't try to buttercut one when you can just laser one in there. Um we just need to see literally two, three, four more things in these final rounds. And you're three or four majors richer at this point with little mental adjustments, not being concerned. You know, again, it, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a very fine line. I mean, because we, because we keep, th we keep throwing it back to, to quarterbacking your round. It's like, let's run a conservative, you know, man versus man, strength versus strength offense, but there's going to come a time. When you've got to thread one, you, 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 you've got to put some air under the ball and make sure it's in the place it needs to be. And if it's not, you know, what, what wasn't your time. But I think to your point, we, we've got to see Rory take more of those chances, go for the throat on the closing, you know, 12 to nine to, you know, closing stretch of six holes where we see that he really cares that he really wants this, that, that I don't care if it, it, it catches the lip of the bunker or you catch it too pure, like, you know, Tom Watson, at, you know, in the, was it the, the, uh, what, what year did, did Stuart sink beat? Is it Oh nine? I feel like it was Oh nine. It's been a long time, you know, go over the green, trying to, trying to knock the pin down, but leave it 25 feet out conservative and hope you make a 20, 25, 27 foot birdie putt. That's not taking fate and destiny by the, by the throat. It's just I, not. Now let me play devil's advocate to myself here real quick. Cause I was just thinking about this too. If that, if that wind doesn't pick up there and he hits the perfect shot and hits it to 10 feet and makes the Eagle putt or makes a birdie putt. Now it's a playoff or now he wins. And so it's one, sh it's literally one shot that if, if that doesn't pick up, but, but 
it's it's an interesting way to look at it, right? Because if it if that shot goes his way, or if he even makes par uh, out of the embedded lie, he's in a playoff. So, I mean, I get it. I understand some of the. I don't want to lose this thing. I want to. I'm going to hit it to 25 feet, and I'm going to two putt and put the keep the pressure on, and eventually I'm going to make one of these or whatever. I get that, but I also think his game is so suited for just like going it, like flying over the, like you said, flying over the top at pins. Look at Wyndham Clark at 18 on Sunday. I mean, on Saturday, he flew that thing right at the pin. It hit the pin and then he made a birdie and Ricky three putts. And all of a sudden it's a different, it's a different look going into Sunday. That told you so much, right? I mean, that's a guy that says it's important to me to be in the final group. So he took, he took, you know, through caution to the wind, went right at that pin. Yeah. Certainly some things could have gone. Um, a miss, but he, you know, he took fate on eye to eyeball to eyeball and came out victorious. I, 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 th- I think that really validated a lot of that confidence cockiness as, as, as he, he pointed to, he yeah. and his mental coach have pointed to, and Rory's so talented. I think we just need to see more of that from him. Right. I think that's what we're sort of yearning for is yeah. Getting contention. That's great. Being the final group, final two groups. Awesome. But show us what got you there. Show, show, show us what, what's made you great. You know, sh- you know, some of that, you know, quail hollow magic or, you know, the, you know, ocean course at Kia or where, you know, we want to see that guy who's just fearless and trusts his game to a level that really turns off every other equation and every other factor. Cause he's probably going to be a couple strokes better than everybody else. If he's that guy. I agree. Again, easier said than done. I mean, I I can't qualify for you at US Open. I can't. I, I have no. I have no. I have no business going to a local qualifier. So it's it's real easy for me to see say from this chair that it, what he should be doing over that's, the ball. That's a hundred percent right. Majors, we could we majors, could talk but, about it all day. But he's getting in contention more and more. He's much in the way that Ricky Fowler's revived his game. Rory's Rory has his game on all cylinders, and we know what he's capable of on all cylinders. Uh, you just feel like he should be getting a major or two a year right now. And it's, again, easier said than done. But at some point, you have to feel like he's going to get one. He's going back to Hoylake. Uh, it's one there. Maybe maybe, there, maybe there's something to it. I, I don't know what all the factors need to converge for him to really want to you know, show us that. But, I mean, you, 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 you look at the Open Championship last year and you look at this those two final Sunday rounds where he was just – competent above average you can't say he hit more than two or three bad shots over those 36 holes total but where was the the bravado the hero the heroism you know that that, that you need to be what we expect Roy McIlroy to be maybe it's asking too much but I, I I don't think so I think he's that guy I think there's moments where he just needs to believe that guy and and, and be you know I thought that was an opportunity. And again, you can look at it both ways. I thought that was an opportunity for him to really go at it and say, I'm, I'm taking this down right now. And he just, he didn't do it. And, uh, and so we'll see how many more chances he get. And, and then you can start talking about, you know, we've said, okay, it's been nine years since Rory won a, won a major. Well, let's talk about Scotty Scheffler then, because since 2020, he's played in 13 majors, and he fi- he's finished in the top 25, top 21, actually, in 12 of the 13. And he's, he's finished, 
I think he has nine top tens out of those 13 and he has one win. It's hard to win. It is hard, hard, hard to win. So it's not a, it's not just like a knock. We're not just like coming at these guys. Um, They're putting themselves in position. It's the fifth straight year where he's been in the top 10 at the U S open. There, there are a lot of, a lot of numbers that back up that these guys are really good. And sometimes Wyndham Clark comes along and just is a little bit better. And that's the way it goes. All right, Carl, I want to get your take on the U S open itself. The uh, Los Angeles country club. we got a couple minutes here and then we'll go into our final break and I'll, I'll bring my, I'll bring my, uh, my thoughts back on the other side of the break. So I wanted to get just a little bit from you about just what you th- what you thought, what you thought of the, what you thought of the tournament. It was very different Thursday, Friday from Saturday, Sunday, um the course itself what what do you think what were your thoughts it was it was thrilling to see the golf course like i said i mean i i i understand everyone's expectations of, of tight fairways tight driving corridors at the u.s open which makes it that much harder that much more pressure packed down, down the down the stretch but we've also seen those kind of sets up where where you know you get a martin keimer that runs away from the field or or you get a very uh skewed situation where the wind blows really hard and the early late shift really takes some of the drama out of the event so i think this one time it was very worth the experiment of playing a golf course that has a lot of fight a lot of intrigue a lot of confounding challenge in the greens and just seeing how guys were going to approach uh, being able to drive it a little bit more where they wanted to and sort of set up the angles that they preferred. Um, score, Yeah, I mean, hey, granted, scoring went crazy the first couple of days. I, th- I think over the last, you know, 45 to 36 holes, you kind of saw what the USGA intended when they selected this venue. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think there was certainly uh, – both sides of the coin about the golf course itself. I don't think it was too easy. I, I I think the weather just sort of converged and and it was, it was soft for, for the first several holes and you got some scoring, but you got some, you got some really good players into contention. So I, I, I think as far as the leaderboard goes, you can't complain about that. Um, There were some oddities, you know, it's a very highly, I mean, every venue where they play us open is, is a highly exclusive club and, 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 uh, membership where they like to have things a certain way and have certain privacies and show show this don't show that um it sounds like it was a bummer that that you didn't get the size crowds out there whatever the situation was with the the cost of the tickets the availability of the tickets it wasn't until the final day that they sort of figured out uh getting enough people on the golf course uh so yeah was it a weird u.s open uh, nowhere near as weird as, as Chambers Bay. I mean, so, I mean, it, it, again, I mean, I, 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 I don't like to be guilty of whataboutism and, and things like that, but I mean, if you want to look at, a, at it on a scale of, of Aaron Hill, if you want to, you know, some of the, in the context of things that the USJ has tried, you know, not using the same eight, six to eight places in a rotation and trying some places that haven't hosted in a long time, or maybe you never have hosted it. I think it's worthy of another look. I, I think they could look at some of the things about course setup, uh, how the event is run. I think these greens complexes could be borderline iconic uh, if you get the wet, right weather conditions. If you get a little bit of wind, if you get some dryness, if you get to bake it out like the USGA likes to bake it out, I think that was their intention. I think it comes, becomes a much more interesting and dynamic course. Hey, we didn't get it all. Didn't get it all at Aaron Hills. Um it wasn't the, you know, 
Star Trek, you know, Chambers Bay, wacky Chambers Bay broadcast by Fox that just made it feel like you're watching a broadcast from Mars. Um, <laughs> it wasn't kooky like that. It just, it just, you know, it lapsed into feeling like a regular tour event due to the scoring uh, day one and a half. But other than that, it was the U.S. Open. It was the tension. It was all the right players. I mean, they look at the leaderboard. It was, it was the, it was the right people doing the right things with the pressure of a major looming. So uh, okay. scoring didn't break my heart. Uh, it's unfortunate, but hey, these things can happen, you know. And these guys are in peak in peak form right now. So if 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 sixty twos can be had, then let's see it. Is it an asterisk in 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 the in the in the the annals of, of history of the game? Uh, that's not for me to decide. I don't care. These guys played great. It was a good I don't show. think it is. I don't think you put asterisks by that stuff. I think asterisks are stupid. Barry yeah. Bonds does not have an asterisk. I'm sorry. We can go through all these conversations about different sure. things. Um, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back. I'll give you my thoughts on the other side. This is Playing Through on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Craig Way, Jeff Howe. Light the tower on the horn. I'd rather have neither one's good. Are you really going to talk about whether you choose between one or the other? There? Yeah, I would rather have diarrhea than be constipated. Wouldn't you guys? You don't want to walk around feeling like you got a bowling ball just <laughs> down in your gullet. That's how Elvis died, Craig. Constipation yeah. took out the king. It could, it could get any of us. Yeah, yeah. The legend of Elvis, and it ended on the throne. Weekdays 10 to noon on the horn. The Horns text line is brought to you by Specs, a Texas-sized selection of wines, spirits, finer foods, and specialty beers. Cheers to savings. Playing through on the horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. He is Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Blue. Thanks to you guys for listening. We've had a lot of fun talking about the U.S. Open and coming out the other side of it. What we thought. I, I'm going to give you a couple thoughts on. We, Carl just kind of gave his thoughts on Los Angeles Country Club. I, I agree in a sense that um, I, I thought I thought the course was fine. I thought it was a good U.S. Open setup. I think the the like you said, it was soft the first day. The weather didn't take over. They didn't. I think they were a little cautious in their setup on Thursday too. I think they didn't want scores to be astronomical. And then uh, they went the other way where guys were shooting 62. Um, that stuff happens. I thought on the weekend, Wyndham Clark and Rory McIlroy were both one under, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they, they didn't just run away. Now, Tommy Fleetwood shot seven under on Sunday, but he shot seven under in the morning uh, before right. the sun came out and everything hardened again. So um, I, I thought that was interesting. Here's what I think I finally realized that I didn't like. And I, and I obviously, I told as I told you, I didn't love 262s on Thursday. But, but right. to your point, that was also probably a product of um, of the it just playing soft, and that was just the reality of it. Right. Here's what I think I didn't like on Sunday, and I finally realized it. There was no yo-yoing on the leaderboard. There was nothing dramatic about it. There were no – not that there weren't, like, big shots or big things that happened or anything like that, but it was just – there was nothing that really took the course by storm that we said – Oh, there was a double bogey. Now there was a bogey. Now there's a birdie and an eagle and a. They just kind of part in, 
everybody parted. Rory made the bogey on 14, and that was his downfall. Um, I, you know, there was just nothing. Um, I know Wyndham was a little up and down early, but right. he made those two bogeys to make it interesting on 15 and 16. But I just never got the – there was nobody yo-yoing up and down the leaderboard. And I think that's what makes it – sometimes that'll, that'll be what makes a U.S. Open really – pop is probably the right word is Wyndham was in first and they dropped a third and then he came back to second. Then he made a birdie and he, that stuff just didn't happen. And it was just kind right. of, Rory just made a bunch of pars. Ricky fell off the table and nobody really made a push. Uh, we I think that's well articulated that the, the, there weren't the bigger cast of characters. Sometimes Saturday on a masters, it's like, wait, where'd this guy come from? Now we got a ball game. This is unbelievable. Right. Yeah. That, those moments never really materialized. This Scotty Scheffler never had anything that, you know, he he had a moment where he'd make a birdie, but you're like, okay, maybe here he goes, but then he didn't. Everything just yeah. kind of stalled out, I thought. And it was yeah, I mean it's that was maybe the thing I didn't like, which which is just me rooting for good golf, uh, for entertaining golf. And I think I realized that in the end that it wasn't so much about what I didn't like about Los Angeles Country Club as much as it was on Sunday. I was just like, we just kind of sat there. And guys made pars and pars and pars, and then we we're like, all right, yeah. well, it's over. Um I I think that's it. Sometimes you get the Masters where it's like, oh, my God, 25 different guys could win this thing. How do you not tune in for the final round? You know, you 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 you, you want the towering inferno where it's just like 42 giant stars from film and TV are all in the same movie. And then you get Reservoir Dogs where it's like five or six dudes. Well, and, and to that point, it was funny because yeah. Cam Smith made a little bit of a charge to get to like six under. And they were trying to sell it like, oh, Cam's at six. Maybe this will hold. Maybe these guys come back to the field a little bit, and you're like, Wyndham Clark is four shots clear. Actually, at the time, he was six shots clear because he got to 12 under, and then he made a couple bogeys. But, like, I didn't know if they were expecting those guys to make eights or what was going on, but it was just like that was never going to happen. It was That leaderboard was set on Sunday where it was, and nothing really changed it. Um, well, it was a great event. Uh, you know, as much as, as much as I was bothered by Thursday's 62s, I thought by the time – the course settled in and everything got going on the weekend. I thought we saw what, what they intended. And, um, and, you know, there weren't 15 guys at 10 under, there was a 10, a nine, a seven, a six, and then everybody else was five or worse. So um, I, I think it worked out in the end, the way they wanted it to win no deserving champion. Uh, Carl, I am, I am really looking forward to us starting to talk about the open championship because there are 25 guys that could win the open championship. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun to get there. I really look forward to doing this again with you next week. Uh, Big Ugly Tailgate's coming up next. Casey Studdard, Johnny Rogers on standby as they get ready to take you through the week that was. Carl, always enjoy it. Let's do it again next week. Have a tremendous week. Hope you get to play some golf. Hope you enjoy some golf. And I will be back in these seats talking to you again. Sounds good. Always enjoy doing it. Always enjoy you guys being a part of it. He is Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Ballou. This is Playing Through on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Go out and make a bunch of birdies, everyone. collision assist and the pedestrian monitoring and the side blind spot warning and the rear traffic alert and all the safety features that anybody, uh, especially with a family, are all going to want.
this is, like I said, a great family car. Uh, it would be a, a great, you know, like a realtor's car because uh, it looks good. It looks more expensive than it really is. This one I had was kind of the mid mid um, pack on the trim level. So, and it was, uh, it manufacturer's list price was 38 and it had some options on it. And uh, it had the second row captain's chairs and it had the black wheel package and um, a couple other things. And then to be with, with shipping and everything else was 41. So it's really not bad when you price wise. So I tell you no, what. And you're, and you're getting German engineering for it, right? Yes, I mean, yes. It's a solid, pretty bulletproof car. It, you know, it um, really is. Looking and yep. You just got to be careful because you, you look down, you're doing 80 miles an hour, and you're going, oh, you know, because it's so quiet and comfortable. You know what I mean? And it's just, and you're right, German engineering. And it's, um, and you're a VW guy. You know how they are. They're wonderful. Yeah. They're wonderful. Uh, They're really solidly built. I think, you know, they had they had a little bit of a tough reputation. They had to fight back after the whole Dieselgate issue. But I think if you sit in any of their newer cars, you realize uh, the amount of time, thought, and energy that are put into the design, and they're really well built. Yeah, like besides that, you can, like I said, you can tow 5,000 pounds. And, yeah, and I love their diesels, so I wish they still had them. You know, if you're looking at a Mazda CX-9, um, you're looking at uh, some of the other big vehicles. This was this is a really good alternative. Um, like I said, they run good, they drive good, they're quiet, they have a good warranty, uh, four year, fifty thousand mile warranty. That's pretty hard to beat. And yeah. complimentary maintenance for the two years, twenty thousand miles. Powertrain warranty is four years or fifty thousand miles. It is a um, it's a nice trim level, and it's a nice thing. All the USB ports and power plugs and everything else like that. It's just and it's just good to look at. They make a really pretty blue that I really liked, um, kind of a bright blue. And uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and I kind of like the way you, you get the package you're looking for. There's not too much to add on to these vehicles. No, um, they come pretty well loaded. Um, and like you said, the one you had had captain's chairs. That's definitely. Uh, the way I would go, that makes it really nice. Yeah, and like I said, the rear, the the, the far the rear seat is not so bad for adults. It's not so bad. You can't be a giant adult, but you can be pretty good. I could fit back there, but Jeremy might be a little tall for it. So um, you're you're pretty good. I mean, like I said, it, this is a big Volkswagen. Tell you what, but uh, I would I would definitely get all wheel drive if I was going to get it because I think their four motion all wheel drive system is a very very good one, and I think it's really nice to have that on a wet road or you know, if you want to go to the, you know, into a snow belt or someplace, you want to go up to Colorado, something like that. It is really uh, a, a good feature for an extra nineteen hundred bucks that you're going to a vehicle that you're going to keep for two hundred thousand miles or three hundred thousand miles. I think that's a really good option, uh, a good way to spend, you know, a little bit of extra money. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, all-wheel drive is definitely something I'm always looking at as the bare minimum, yeah. just because you never know what you're going to get into. That's right. All right. So, folks, go to your Volkswagen dealer and check out the Atlas. I think you'll be happy that you did. All right. Don't forget, uh, you can always catch this show as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Audioboom, SportsMapRadio.com, and Classic.com. The podcast contains this show and a bonus car segment with an extra car review and more about classic and collector cars. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. That's right. If you haven't checked out Jeremy's site, it's classic.com, C-L-A-S-I-K.
com. Be sure to do that because it's a really cool site, and uh, you know he needs the, uh, the the copex. He needs the bucks. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> it'd be nice for him. He can, that way he can have money. <laughs> and if you have any topics you want us to cover or questions you need us to answer, you can always email myself, Jeremy at classic.com or Mike at Let's Talk Wheels. We'll always respond. We love to hear your car questions. We do. We do love your car questions. And as always, on behalf of Jeremy Berenbaum, our awesome producer, Sean Mapes, he really is a great guy. And myself, I want to thank you for joining us today on Let's Talk Wheels Radio Network. I'm Mike Herzing, and he's Jeremy Berenbaum. We appreciate you folks, and we hope to to uh, hear you. Hope you hear us next week, and I hope you come back. Thanks, and have a good week. With all the top hotels in the country, while delivering you great hotel and room choices for the best prices. Why wait? Go to besthotelrates.com, enter your email address, and start shopping for your next hotel room. Besthotelrates.com. It's in the name besthotelrates.com are you ready to elevate your game in your sales or executive career southwestern coaching can help you score big just like in sports where every pro has someone pushing them towards their best our team of expert coaches have the tools and strategies to guide you towards greatness in your own career whether it's on the field on the court at the office or in the boardroom coaches give you the professional edge so start acting like a pro and visit southwesterncoachingpro.com to get ahead of the competition and unlock your full potential southwestern coaching because everyone needs a coach Wake up, call. Jeremy Roney joins us on Sports Map Radio. People wouldn't forgive me if I didn't ask you this question. Everything that you've accomplished, Jeremy, everything that you've done on the ice, when people come up to you and say, I took you to the cup in NHL 94, you're one of the greatest <laughs> video game players in the history of video games. You know, you got it, it's really awesome to be able to say that you are the greatest in something. Right? <laughs> and and uh, no matter where I go, somebody will say to me, you're Sega 94, you're unbeatable. I survived college by being Chicago. Yep. You know, it was, it was a rule in our dorm. You couldn't be Chicago because of Jeremy <laughs> Roman. So, you know, it's one of those three iconic sports figures that will go down in history. And I'm, whether it was a glitch in the game or not, you can't take it away from me. And I just, I think it's the best thing in the world. And so that, not, so much, not so much me, it's Ronick. He's good. That's exactly, I was just going to say that. It's not so much me, it's Ronick. He's good. That's fantastic. <laughs> Wake up call with Tony D and Ron Culver. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon Eastern. The diehards. What's the deal with the beware of moose signs every, like, five miles? I didn't see a moose. The moose moved out long ago. They're like, this place is freezing cold. <laughs> I don't like it. There's no moose in Maine. It's a hyperbole. It's an exaggeration. There's no moose. When I saw those bumper stickers, I thought it was a joke. Like, beware of moose. Like, imagine that. Imagine if you saw an animal living outside in this Arctic tundra. I thought it should be like, beware of penguins. The diehards. Weeknights from 8 to 10 Eastern on the Sports Map Radio Network. If you're missing the cash-in with Jason Page, then you're missing this. It's another team that's going to face a really interesting offseason because if they're healthy next year and maybe minus Draymond, oh, my goodness. Did you see that the was, tattoo on that dude's head? Yeah, yeah was that the guy that sitting next weird. to Young Gravy? Yeah, uh, Young who? <laughs> who? <laughs> what was the guy's name? There's a musician uh, named, named what? Young Gravy. Gravy is yeah. in like yeah, the gravy stuff you pour on your turkey and gravy. on yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, young gravy. Yeah, look him up. Yeah, he was a, he was a white I guy. I have with like rappers. Hair. Hold on, hold on, hold yeah, on. Look let's up, just it. let's just let's just stop for a second. Let's just take a <laughs> we need a timeout. Have rappers run out of good names that we're down to the point now where there's a rapper named Young Gravy? 
The Cash In, weeknights at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, on Sports Map Radio. Wake up call. Uh, so we talked about how Andy Reid didn't like the uh, kickoff rule, but it didn't hit me like when I saw that Dan Campbell didn't like the kickoff rule either. Wait, okay, now now I can't like it. I might give reverence to Andy Reid, but I absolutely am listening to Dan Campbell. You might say Andy Reid's old man. That's right. Andy Reid's get off my lawn. If Dan Campbell doesn't like it, now I'm thinking, oh, maybe this thing does stink. Wake up call with Tony D and Ron Culver. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon Eastern.